Hello and welcome to Raising Learners, a conversation about supporting your child's learning at school and at home. Throughout this series, we'll discuss a range of questions. How to have a great relationship with your child's school and teacher. How to keep your child safe online and navigating those sometimes challenging final years of high school. I'm Derek McCormick from Raising Children Network and I'll be hosting today's episode. To begin with, on behalf of the team here, I'd like to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land where we meet as we record this conversation today. For me, where I am, this is to acknowledge the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation, and I pay my respects to their elders, past, present, and emerging. So today we're talking about building a relationship with your child's school, and I'm joined by Professor Julie Green, Executive Director of RaisingChildren.net.au, and Lisa Branch, Principal, Victoria Road Primary School. Welcome, guys. Thank you. Hi, Derek. Great to have you both. So, Lisa, parents have a connection to their child's school, and that connection goes on for a long time. Um, Why is this connection important, and what can schools do to help with that connection? Well, Derek, I would say that the relationship between parents and the school is a really important aspect of the child's schooling throughout their schooling years. And it's, I guess, mainly because we need to all be on the same page. The parents come with a wealth of knowledge and understanding about their child. And for us to be able to really address the child's needs in every aspect, we need to know about as much about those personal qualities that that child has, some of their challenges, some things that are part of their day-to-day life. Without knowing that, where we will really struggle to really engage the child and how they can do that, you know, it's part of it's about the day to day interactions that you have with your school, making sure that you're keeping on top of what's happening there, making personal connections with the teachers and the leadership in the school. And you can do that every day, I guess. Most schools have a pretty open door policy with regards to making contact with people that are working there, but also things like, um, you know, attending working bees. Some of our most fun days with our parents are on those weekend working bees where we all get to relate to each other in a more social way. And having that as a backdrop to our relationship means that when times are a bit challenging or issues might arise, we have a really solid foundation and we see each other as human beings that are all striving for the same thing, which is, of course, for the good of the children. Wonderful. And Julie, from your perspective, what is it that parents can do from, from that side that brings you know, or enriches this partnership? Uh, from a parent's point of view, what helps there? Well, I think thinking about the relationship between home and your child's school as a partnership can be really helpful. And, you know, working together around children's learning and and healthy development. But of course, you know, parents bring their own experiences of their own schooling with them and they will vary. Some will be good and some not so good, or some parents may not have gone to school in Australia or that familiar with the education system here. So it can be really helpful for parents to look out for different ways to connect with their child's school that that suits them and that they can build on throughout their their child's school years. Mm, I I relate to those comments, Julie, particularly because I didn't school in this country. So with that partnership over time, there's obviously, you know, there'll be ways that schools and parents can help each other uh, make the most of the opportunity. Um, focusing 
in a little bit from the partnership and, and the school relationship towards the teacher relationship. Uh, Lisa, what are your thoughts on on the benefits of building a relationship with your child's teacher as a parent? Well, I guess the recognition that that teachers spend almost you know a, a huge percentage of a child's waking hours with that child is really important. You know. I think our teachers are very influential in the lives of children, so it's important for us to to model the sorts of of adults that we would like our children to grow into. And so it's important to get to know the teacher, to be able to feel comfortable to talk with them about what it is that your child might be going through. Partly, I guess, because sometimes, you know, things are challenging in life generally. And sometimes when children come to school, they bring with them remnants of, of whatever it may be that may have happened at home. So, you know, things like if a pet dies, it, it really impacts on children and it helps for us to understand that that's what the child's going through. Behaviours that we'll see at school are always, you know, they are reflection of something that's needed in the child and if we have an idea of what it is that they're needing and what it is that they're going through on a day-to-day basis, then we can help the children. Also, in terms of understanding how your child functions as a learner, I guess that the teacher sees children each day in a very different environment than what you will see your child in at home. And as we all do, we behave and act differently in different environments. So when I go to work, I act differently than I do when I go home. And the children are very much the same. So it's important to understand how they are functioning at school and how that might be different to how they function at home just because, you know, there are different things to cope with. You're in a social environment with lots of people and that looks very different for children. So having that understanding and the ability to talk freely with your teacher about that really helps your child ultimately. Mm. And and with the um, child development perspective in there and what's best for children, uh, what I'm hearing is that there are those teacher-parent relationships are, are a connection of two quite quite different environments, two different worlds almost, and they get to share information. Julie, what are your thoughts on that, the, um, the, the way this can help children in their development? Well, I think one of the um, glue, I suppose, there is also how parents talk at home about their children's school, their what the kids are learning at school, um, talking about their children's teacher and, and different activities that are happening at school. So I think a tip for parents might be to try and, well, of course, make sure that their kids attend school regularly, but also to talk about school in a really positive way that children will pick up on that. You know, parents are their kids' first role models. So they do tune into how parents talk about school and learning. And so there's a lot parents can do to um, just to set up a, a positive attitude to, yeah, to school and education staff and to learning. Mm. Mm. So there's 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 an opportunity for you know rallying around the child's development and learning, but also an opportunity for parents themselves to through that connection role model and influence a child as as you know a key adult um, that the child's watching all the time. Mm. Definitely, and you know Lisa referred to busy. You know parents are busy and life, family life is busy as well. 
So looking for different ways to have those conversations, you know, it might not be possible to be at school pickup all the time. And so, you know, schools, to be looking out for different ways, schools give parents that opportunity to build that relationship with their child's teacher. Mm-hmm. And just on that opportunity, um, it, it goes, does lead to a question I think is very uh, pertinent for a lot of parents, um, and that is what they can reasonably expect from a school. Um, Lisa, what are your thoughts on this? You know, what can parents expect when it comes to the, the opportunities offered by the, by the school in terms of communication or support? What are some things that come to mind there? Yeah, Derek, all schools would be different. And so I can speak to what we do at our school, um, but also just generally, most schools will have some kind of a communication flow chart or some way that uh, a visual way to describe to families what is the best way to communicate with your school about a variety of different issues. So, for example, um, you know, what might come to me as principal might have been discussions that parents have already had with teachers and then I might work with both the teachers and the families to work through something. Or it might be that there's a whole school thing about parking, for example, that would come to me and not the teachers. So it's important to have a look at those documents and understand what's the best way for me to tackle this so that you get any queries that you have resolved by the right person. But essentially, you know, all schools will have a platform like Central or Compass or one of those ones. Getting teachers on the phone is very difficult. It's not like a normal workplace where we can just pick up the phone during the day. So phone calls uh, can be a challenge for us, but the best way probably to communicate with your school would be through the platform and you can just say, look, can we catch up for a phone call? I'm available at these times. If you're able to get in touch, that would be great. And then we can work around the the daily school routine and make sure that we get those calls back. But also making sure that you make contact when when there aren't issues, um, making sure that you go to your parents' student conferences. They're really enjoyable experiences where we can set goals for future learning. You don't just need to come to school or just need to make contact when there's an issue. Just sort of reflecting back to the teacher something that's going well for your child is a real joy for us. And often they're not the things we hear about and, and vice versa. You know, we often try to give parents a call just when things are going really nicely or when we've seen something that's quite remarkable from their child. So knowing what the processes are in your school will be really important. Mm. So there's a number of kind of mechanisms and ways to to have that flow of communication. And yeah. uh, and, and you're, what you're saying is the, the opportunity to communicate could be around, uh, yep, an issue or just sharing, sharing, um, you know, uh, small wins or big wins that we're both seeing in the child. Julie, what's your take on that from a parent's point of view and what helps parents in that communication and connection, Julie? Well, you know, parents are a fantastic support to each other. So the parent community in in a child's school can be a great source of information about what's happening at school. Children, of course, you know, develop their friendships and that can be a brilliant opportunity for parents to get to know other parents. So trying to even introduce yourself to other parents of children in your child's class, trying to get to assembly where you can and, you know, just 
building that familiarisation with seeing other parents around and starting those conversations and friendships that can endure for such a a really long time. But um, it can also build a parent network, which, yep, is terrific for finding out what's happening at at the school. But there's also lots of other benefits there around playdates, sleepovers, picking or dropping off each other's children throughout the school term and so on. Derek, can I just also add to what Julie said, and I completely agree with um, with your what you have to say about joining those sorts of communal groups. Um, most schools will have those in place. We have Champion Dads, which is a great group for dads to connect with each other socially with the children and without the children and there's also things like gardening groups and things like that that are happening in lots of schools. I would agree and say that being part of those groups is really important. It gets back to that thing of not waiting till something goes wrong before you connect with your school, making sure you've got those really strong foundations socially and in terms of the connections, official connections with the school. Um, But, yeah, those groups are certainly available in a lot of schools now, which is great to see. Mm -hmm. And I've seen myself the the various combinations of of formal kind of groups set up for supporting parents as each other and the informal, the many informal opportunities that that tend to come up just in in the normal day-to-day or in special events at a school myself. Yeah, that's wonderful. Um, just going on from, you know, what, what might be expected or, or how the connection gets built, one area parents are often curious about is, uh, or I'd like some more clarity on, is around where responsibilities lie. You know, what is what is lying in the hands of the parents versus the school? Uh, for example, it's often a, a discussion around homework or working on lessons from home and parents' responsibility in there. Um, in the early years, it certainly can, can um, be something that parents are wondering about. Another example might be challenges around peer relationships and where the responsibilities lie to to approach an issue around peer or, or friendship that's that's having a struggle. Lisa, would you talk for a moment about where where responsibilities lie in in relation to that partnership? Yeah, there were a couple of things in there. First, about peer relationship, and then about home learning. So I might kind of try to keep them a little bit separate, for, um, so that we can have a clear understanding of the where things happen in schools. So in terms of peer relationships, it is really important to communicate when things aren't going right for children. That is not so that the other children involved can get in trouble, of course. It is so that we can understand that there is some social learning that needs to happen there for children. So social learning is no different to learning maths or to learning to read. Uh, We teach those skills at school very actively. But if we're unaware that those things are an issue for a child, and often we are aware, but sometimes children will hold things in and try to keep on their best face while they're at school and go home and be quite upset or tired. And so it's important to let us know that that's what's happening for them. And then the school can put those things in place. So things like nurture groups that we run, schools will have things like chaplaincy programs and things like that. We do provide them, but I would see that home's responsibility is to look. just let us know if there's something that you think you know about what your child's going through that we don't know. That's really important. And don't wait until it's a problem for them because the learning opportunities come 
at the starts of these sorts of things, but often children are better placed to deal with those challenges when they've not been upset by them for a long period of time. So keeping those lines of communications open is really important. I think um, just um, picking up on things early and, you know, parents do know their children so well. So any signs, you know, a reluctance to go to school or shutting down of, of some of some sort or things that um, might be preventing a child from going to sleep at night, those sort of things picking up on those early is, you know, a lot better for kids so that, as you say, Lisa, that supports can be put around a child and they can get the support to be able to work through an issue and then um, move through that. And just before we go on to home learning, um, there's a really um, standout takeaway that I'm hearing there around around partnering to do with um, peer relationships. And that is what you mentioned, Lisa, around social learning being something that's actively happening at school through through the teachers and through the school curriculum uh, and, you know, parents being aware of that so that social learning, like maths or other areas, is, is another space that we can connect and check in with each other on how it's going. Yeah, definitely. So moving back to the idea of homework and this being another area where parents often are wondering about accountability and, and where uh, responsibility lies. Lisa, should we talk about homework for a bit? Yes. So Derek, at our school, we call it home learning um, because the idea of work is that it's sort of finished and done and dusted. So we try to use that language at our school. But homework is something that across the board will be different in every school and it will change as the children go through their schooling. So obviously when you get to VCE, there is a lot of homework, but in the younger years it, it can be quite different at our school, we insist on reading to be happening in, on a daily basis. And that can be you reading with your child, your child reading to you, reading in partnership with each other. And so that's a really important part of what happens at home for us. But in terms of particularly in the younger years, we ask families really to look for opportunities for fun ways to complete their home learning. And examples of that might be things like if you're at the supermarket, let's have a guessing game and see who can work out in their heads closest to the total amount our shopping's going to cost or which one do you think's better value, which one do you think costs more or costs less. Or cooking together is, is really just about learning fractions and following a piece of writing, I guess. So, you know, there's lots of opportunities for children to be learning at home, but I think sometimes people feel under a lot of pressure to complete work at home, so worksheets and things like that. And again, at every school it will be different, but, you know, certainly at our school that's not a strategy that we really encourage in families. It tends to muddy the waters between the parents' role and, and really children have been at school, working hard and learning hard for a number of hours every day and, and for them to go home and then feel as though they have to complete another level of work and for parents to feel compelled to do that, it puts a lot of pressure on families and research has shown that the benefits are not are not there. Hmm. And Julie, from your perspective, what, what, what uh, tends to help parents in this context uh, navigating this this uh, question around assisting with child's learning outside of school? Well, of course, parents have always been their children's first teacher and they will have been fostering language 
and literacy from very, very early on. So that continues through the primary years and, of course, even through secondary years. So there's lots that parents can still do once their children are at school that are in sort of day-to-day life. And it might be it might be just talking, singing, storytelling. The Raising Children Network website's got some fantastic videos for parents around storytelling that might put parents a story from their own childhood or using a photo from their childhood to tell stories. And it could be, you know, over a meal. Stories are everywhere. So it's a just a great practice to continue to talk about where their family members come from. How did their parents or grandparents come to Australia? And just to really integrate those sort of conversations and those activities. So it's not a, it's not a chore. It's not um, something else to do, but it, you can uh, look for those chances in everyday routines or being in the car together and continuing to foster that language and 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 love of stories and learning and literacy. I would just agree so much with that Julie to those rich conversations that parents and children can have they just foster things like a, a really deep vocabulary um, a great imaginative life all of those really wonderful things come out of just spending time and conversing so what a great bit of advice mm-hmm. and it's uh, it sort of rings familiar from from Earlier in the conversation, we're, we're touching again and again on this idea of opportunities, the opportunities you have with the school to connect and share information. Same with teachers, the opportunities that that can be found uh, and created to connect with teachers and then with other parents. And now we're talking about the opportunity to you know be part of your child's learning in just the everyday, the every uh, minute to minute opportunities there. We're going to go on to our, our last uh, topic for the conversation, that is uh, the topic around issues that do arise. So children are at school for an average of 13 years. So there will be, of course, issues arising from uh, time to time. And it may be from a parent's perspective or something that's come uh, up as important from a teacher's perspective. So to kind of finish on a practical note, what are some top tips you might offer uh, to, to our listeners around managing issues that come up? I think, first of all, it's really important to listen to your child Sometimes we can jump to conclusions about what the issue is and sometimes it's best just to sit and listen to what what it is that they're saying and try to understand what's the root cause of the issue for the child. When you approach the school, I think the most important thing to remember is that we as professionals, we feel, I guess, very fortunate to be in the work that we're in because it is an honour to work with children. And when you go into that conversation with your child's teacher or or the principal or whoever it may be at the school, remembering in that what they want is what is best for the child. We are all there for the same reason. It doesn't matter which child it is. That is why we are here. And so knowing that when you can relay information that you've observed or that you've heard from your child and that the teacher or the principal will do whatever it is that they can to try to understand what that situation is and then will work 
with their professional understanding to try and resolve any issues, I think that's really important. Trust is is huge and we're trusted with these children every day and we're trusted with that because we have professional understanding but also an absolute care for children. So knowing that and going into those conversations with that understanding is is really important. Again, making sure that you understand how things work at your school and if you're not sure, just ask. Someone will have a document or sit down and have a conversation with you about that. And also just to remember that life's not easy. Your children, and it's hard, as a parent myself, I know when your child goes through difficult times, it's hard not to want to step in and fix everything. But often those challenges that are coming to them are things that are part of life. And so it's important that we give them the tools and and the understanding to work through those problems, that we don't say, oh, you know, let's just walk away from that problem or that problem's someone else's problem. You know, it, it's I know as a parent, it's almost easier in your head to to say, oh, I, you know, it's just too hard to deal with. But know that those problems that children experience at school are just small versions of what we all experience in life, whether it be work or family or relationships. And it's really important to them that we help them understand how to solve those problems and to know that there are groups of people around who will protect and look after them while they're learning how to deal with those things. Mm, That's fantastic. So there's a real uh, kind of a I'm getting from that a real rallying cry around, you know, the the value of finding that comfortable space to raise an issue, uh, learning how issues are, are managed if you're not sure, and and building that trust around issues because, as you say, they they are inevitable. It, we might want to protect our children from from the adversities of life, but they they will always be there in some size or shape. Um, Julie, from your point of uh, perspective and thinking about. Um, what tends to help parents in that dynamic and raising issues? Well, yeah, I think there's um, two things I could probably add there. Um, As well as schools being um, a great place to um, support kids to build those tools to work through issues that inevitably do come up in, in their lives, there might be times where parents can and need to draw on other services outside school. If there's um, concerns, it, it might be really appropriate to make an appointment with the family GP and to get some outside help, whether it might be from another service or um, to work through some emotional issues, for example. So there might be some external help that children might need, but so too might parents because parents are also, as well as supporting their kids through an issue, they go through their own emotions and responses to to what's happening in family life or to what's happening with their children. So there might be times where parents will really benefit from drawing on their perhaps their own friendship and friendship networks, but also professional services in the community, whether they are through GP or psychological services or whatever that there might be that um, fits with their situation. So yep, kids need support to work on their toolkit, but so do parents sometimes too. Wonderful. And there's a lot of, um, there are a lot of supports and and various shapes of toolkits out there uh, for when they're needed. 
Great. Well, uh, that's been a wonderful, rich discussion. Thank you both so much. Thanks, Derry. Thanks for having us. Thanks so much for joining us today. If you've enjoyed listening, why not subscribe? Tell your friends. For more tips and information about the topics we covered, visit raisingchildren.net.au. I also want to acknowledge the Department of Education and Training Victoria for their support in this series. We hope you'll join us again next time. Until then, take care.